Welcome to Recovering Gleek, a podcast for all of your complicated feelings about the TV show Glee. Uh, Monday, Minisode. Tuesday, Minisode. Wednesday, Minisode. Okay, Thursday, Minisode. Friday, Minisode. Weekend, 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 Minisode. That's a real song, but instead of Minisode, they say party. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like a, like I it. honestly, I think it might be a Latin American song because I mm. only ever heard it in Argentina at the grocery store. Mm. And it's just like a dance beat to someone listing the days of the week I and like then saying that. party. Like I always party every day. Heck yeah. That. that was fun. Thank you. It also maybe gives people the idea that we're going to put on minisodes every day. You guys, we're not. But if that makes you listen to us more, then we totally are. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why it's not showing up on your Spotify. Yeah, that's, that's it must be a really glitch. Crazy. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Really crazy. Mm, what are you up to, buddy? How are you? I'm good. Um... I mean, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> Lena and I had a long conversation before recording about how I actually am, but I, you know, there's good stuff happening, so it's important to focus on the good things yeah, happening. Yeah, totally. So there's lots of good stuff there, happening for you. There's good stuff happening. Totally. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> honestly less good stuff is happening to me but also less bad stuff is happening to me <laughs> yeah i got the highs and lows yeah, honestly, baby i miss the mountains <laughs> things are chill <laughs> things are chill i'm just like trying i'm getting settled i'm venturing out more hanging out with more people good. i've actually like literally like ri- this week i like rode the subway by myself a couple of times which well yeah. i'm a whole adult I was very nervous about that. I convinced myself I was going to die, but I totally didn't die at all. It was honestly kind of fun. Um, And I have been, you know, hanging out with people. I've been applying for absolutely 10,000 million jobs, but because this city is so GD populated, I have not heard back from them, but I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I do hear back because you know what, bitch? Good things. Good things are in store for my ass. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so, so that's Truth. what's going on with me. Good. Mm-hmm. I had a pesto and a grilled cheese sandwich for dinner. I'm just going on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Ian. And, you know, I had some highs and lows. But you know what I always am is a mini gleek. Mm, my name is Lena Knatzer. And, you know, some shit is mid for me. But I'm a mini gleek. <laughs> Heck yeah. Let's go to Minisode 59. 59. 50 noise. Um, up first, we have a message from Molly. Hi, Ian and LPC. I have some thoughts on the whole Abraham androgyny debacle. When I saw in the preview clips that Nikki asks Abraham if he feels androgynous and gets mad at him for saying he doesn't know, I figured there was context missing that would clear up why she asked that and why she thinks it's such an easy and obvious question. In a very 2012 way... 
It was framed as if Abraham had an issue with it because he was bullied for being feminine, and he should just simply admit that he is androgynous and get over the fact that he was bullied for it because it is a fact about him that the mentors see as obvious. What isn't really touched on is that a question like that constitutes Nikki assigning him a gender identity, identity slash defining the way she sees him as presenting his gender. She doesn't consider that he might not be ready to take a firm stance on how he wants to present or identify right in that moment. It's like asking someone, are you gay or something? I would never and ask then being that. Like, <laughs> and then being like, um, clearly you are. Why won't you just admit it? I spent the whole pandemic wrestling with my sexuality and then realized I might also have to consider defining my gender identity. And it's been a stressful and difficult process. So this whole thing hit me hard. I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts on this. Uh, Your episode hasn't dropped yet, so sorry if I repeated stuff. In other news, I'm feeling a bond with you guys right now because last week I moved from the east coast of Canada to Copenhagen for a semester abroad. International listeners! And I am in a foreign land with a new language and culture, and I accidentally bought a whole kilogram of 10% fat Greek yogurt that tastes like sour cream. I go to uni in my home city, so I normally live at home, so this is, an expe- this is an especially huge change for me. I spent today alone in my dorm because I didn't have class or the guts to ask my few new acquaintances if they'll go sightseeing with me. I just ate almost an entire <laughs> loaf of bread that I got for free at the end of the day at a bakery. I am, of course, extremely grateful and lucky to have this opportunity, but it's hard and scary. Ugh, woe is me. So all that to say, I'm glad to have other people going on a similar journey as me at the same time so I feel a little less alone. Other people include you and soon Rachel Berry. Also, if there are any Copenhagen Gleeks out there, please find me. I need friends. Sending a kiss across the ocean. Feel free to try to catch it with your forehead. Go spread some recovering Glee project. (laughs) Molly, she her. Oh, Molly. (laughs) Thank you so much for this message. Um... Gosh, moving to a new place and culture is so exciting and also scary. And I totally like, obviously, I haven't moved abroad to a new country and I'm sure you're feeling it more than me. But even just moving to New York, I feel like I it's a whole new culture instead of like social, uh, you know, customs that I just am not aware of yet. And that's just so Mm -hmm. crazy. Also, if I had a dollar for every time in college, I've gotten a loaf of bread and just sat in my room and ate it all day. And that was the only (laughs) food I had. I would have like literally $10. I've done that so many times. Molly, you and me were the same. (laughs) Molly, my heart goes out to Mm -hmm. you. Moving is always hard. Moving to like a whole different way of life, essentially. Yo, I am... I imagine that since it is a study abroad, you're like surrounded by some people who speak your native language. Mm -hmm. But, oh my gosh, moving to a place where you do not speak the primary language. uh, Mad respect to all the immigrants in the whole world. It is so hard. It is so frustrating. I remember when I was living in Argentina I wrote in my journal that I was like, I finally get why babies cry all the time because like there's nothing more frustrating than being like, I need this thing. And it's so clear in my head what I need, but I cannot get you to understand Mm -hmm. what it is. Like it is so hard to have that mental block. 
Uh, so we're with you. Yeah. We believe in you. And th- I mean, also how exciting. I you're going to learn a new language. You're in a different country. There's all this new stuff. Very hard, very scary, but also very exciting. Yeah. So when you got those highs and lows, you know. Absolutely. Think about those highs. Totally. I don't know. I I feel like those like big leaps you take are like the things that define you. You know, like I was talking to my friend's mom who had lived in New York for like a year with her husband. And uh, and then I was talking to my friend and they were just telling me that like everything that her mom had ever learned, all of the stories she ever told were from like that one year that she like made that big step. And that one time that she like, you know, put herself out of her comfort zone. And I just, my heart is really with you, Molly. I just, I'm proud of you for doing that. And for everyone who's doing that right now, I feel like we're all kind of, you know, yeah, we're getting all antsy shaking and off that on. pandemic dust totally. and being like, well, we need to change. <laughs> we're like, we need to I've change. gotta move across the country. I've gotta move abroad. <laughs> and also studying abroad is the sh- I feel like everyone I love studied abroad and you know, they're the coolest people for it. Um I studied abroad, but it wasn't me moving. <laughs> Did you, that joke even land? <laughs> Oh, now it did. You're talking about you studied abroad <laughs> like you. a lady. I was trying. Who was to, it? Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. No, no one. I know I'm not. <laughs> you knew with me you. in college. I did know you in college. <laughs> I studied more broads than you in college. Whoa! You high five. Did. Me. <laughs> just Boop. <laughs> Is that disrespectful? <laughs> no, it was funny. We're keeping it. So, Molly, our heart goes out to you. Big, scary things. Mm -hmm. You know, take days and be like, I'm going to be brave and who cares? And I don't care if I'm embarrassed or I feel uncomfortable. I'm going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And then take other days and say, I'm going to sit inside where I feel safe Uh and I'm not going to feel ashamed of the fact that I'm sitting inside. Oh, yeah. No way. You got to have a mixture of both. So you push yourself, but you don't have a nervous breakdown. You got to sit in your room before you go to the park. For real. On to the Abraham Androgyny thing. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, You know, I just hate that whole vibe Mm -hmm. of like, well, I can clearly see who you are. So just hurry up and get with the program. Like everyone's sexuality and gender identity and everything is such a personal journey. And it is so not helpful to like push someone because like, it's so obvious to you or at least you think it's so obvious to you like what they are you pushing them if anything is going to make it take longer for them to accept Mm -hmm. it because it makes like they're not ready and it essentially traumatizes them it also makes me think you know after people come out too when people make comments were like oh i always knew it's like that is so supremely Mm -hmm. unhelpful like stfu what what nikki what is with I'm so glad too, Molly, I got this message, like we got this message before the episode had even dropped. And I was like, I'm so glad that someone is on the same page as us before anyone had ever even heard it. So I got this message and got Mm -hmm. very excited. Well, Molly, thank you so much for this message. Have a great time in Copenhagen. Bring me back something (laughs) Copenhagen-ish. Do you, one of my favorite parts of the the Home Alone movie is when the kid is like, bye, bring me back something French. Is that where the Hans Christian Andersen statue is? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Go go see that Little Mermaid statue. Give a little what's up. 
Say hi. <laughs> Anyways. Say hi. Enjoy Denmark. Bye. Bye. Um, next, we have a message from Sigrus. Hey, guys. It's your friend from Iceland. International listener. I'm at work, but I had a few thoughts, so I'm going to make this quick. I feel like the Glee Project kind of in- intentionally gave Nelly tasks in the music videos for her specifically that they knew were more difficult for her. For example, in the Milkshake slash Jagger mashup, they gave her the bend and snap move and clothes that showed the most skin, but why? I mean, she delivered, but the producers or Zach could have given anyone that move and did not have to make her show the most skin knowing that she would probably be most uncomfortable with that. Another moment is the sexy shot in the swimming pool. They keep telling her over and over again to be sexy and are mad at her for not getting it right, but again, why not give the shot to someone else? No one else had a sexy shot like this, so it just feels like the producers are intentionally trying to make just her and none of the other contestants uncomfortable. Yet another moment is that she gets Britney Spears for the theatricality music video, and they keep telling her to be sexy over and over again, which they know makes her uncomfortable. I get that the producers can't have an actor not willing to do so many things on Glee, but it's like they did not give her a genuine chance because they kept giving her all the sexy shots (laughs) and the most revealing clothes for no other reason than to make her uncomfortable. Anyways, I love your podcast, and I'm grateful for you making my shifts feel a bit shorter. Have a nice life. I'm going to do my best with this, Sigaros. Kaif Krevia. He was practicing that so much, dude. Any Icelandic <laughs> listeners, I'm sorry I did my best. <laughs> I did my best. Sigaros, I think you make excellent points. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that I had not really considered because I just kept seeing what the producers wanted us to see, which was like Nelly keeps not wanting to do like what's asked of her, but you're so right. I understand, you know, they do sexuality week. Everyone has to do some a little sexy. But then, like, the way they keep twisting the knife Mm -hmm. and just being like, oh, this is something you kind of struggle with. We're going to force you to do it over and over and over again and absolutely torture you and just keep embarrassing you. I don't know. It's weird. It makes it seem like their mentality of the character they would write for Nelly is like the like sexy bombshell character. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, isn't the whole point of this show that you get to know who these kids actually are and write the character based on that? Because Nelly has told you over and over again, that's not who she is. Yeah, definitely. I, and I, I really appreciate, appreciate this message because I don't think I had thought about it in like the sense of like, maybe they are intentionally, and obviously we don't have this information, but it's another way to look at it. And maybe mm-hmm. this is what happened. Maybe they are intentionally like trying to make her uncomfortable and push her like past, you know, her like not threshold, but per se, but like, you know, do may doing things that she's not comfortable with. And it's like, w- are they setting her up for failure? They're not making anyone else do this, you know? And it yeah. feels like, at a certain point, it's like, okay, we get it. Stop making her squirm. Like, I don't know. I just, I really, like, why, if she was that uncomfortable with that shot, give it to someone else. But yeah, everyone is, like, really pushing her to, like, play this bombshell character be and, like, be with Blake. And it's like, what the hell is this even about? Well, it's also like, you know, sexuality week, she was uncomfortable with it, but she committed and she did a great job. So it's like, great. She learned a lesson. She has proved that she's willing to go there. Totally. 
So why do you keep making her do it over I know, and over? Literally. Oh my gosh. And it's also like, you're so right. The show is for writing a character for that person. And if that's not the character they want to play, don't make her play it. I don't know. Weird. Sigruth, thank you for this message. Up next, we have a message from Cody. Hello, fellow Gleeks. My name is Cody, they, them. And my birthday is the day this minisode comes out. Ripe old age of 26. Oof. Anyways, I have quite a few thoughts, specifically... specifically on theatricality, both the Glee Project and Season 1 episodes. So firstly, theatricality, the Season 1 episode, is the first episode of Glee I had ever watched because I heard they were doing a Lady Gaga episode, and being the little monster that I am, I had to make sure they did my queen justice. This was a mistake, because from that episode on, I was hooked. This damn show, like most theater kids and Gleeks, became my personality from middle school through high school. When I would watch this episode, I always like to imagine what Gaga outfit I'd want to do because like Kurt, I'm the quote boy who would always want to be with the girls because comfort because comfort and the outfit I'd choose still to this day is the caution tape outfit from the television music video. Now on to the Glee Project episode of Theatricality. As I watched the episode and listened to your thoughts, the Abraham stuff really low-key triggered me by opening up trauma. Being a non-binary person who only discovered their gender identity three years ago, I always struggled with feeling like I wasn't masculine enough to be a boy and always shamed for being feminine from a young age to even now within the LGBTQIA community. There's a lot of internalized homophobia and transphobia within the community, so it makes it hard for me to feel fully comfortable being more masculine one day and feminine the next. I was always called the F-slur because the fact that I wanted to always hang out with the girls, had an interest in arts, and enjoyed more feminine things. It's frustrating that society won't let us just be and enjoy the things we enjoy without having to label them. Ugh. So sorry for my rant and rambles. Anyways, had I been on this episode, I fully would have wanted to be either David Bowie or Lady Gaga because I have absolutely looked up to them from a young age and they taught to just serve the drama. Okay, lastly and totally off topic, but along with reading this email, as a birthday gift, I would love for you guys to cast the Glee characters in a production of Shrek the Musical. I will listen and compare my cast with yours. Thank you for letting me rant and ramble. Keep up with the sick and dank memes on Twitter. (laughs) Signed, your local bisexual non-binary disaster, Cody, they, them. Happy birthday to you. Happy Happy birthday birthday to you. Happy Happy birthday. We'll see if that audio matches up at all. I like I was matching up with you. You did a good job not following me. It is a disaster trying to sing at the same time as someone over Zoom. (laughs) You're better at it than me, dude. (laughs) Cody. Welcome to 26. Um I turned 26 this year too. Happy birthday, Cody. I hope you have a great birthday. Yeah. Is Does that mean welcome? your birthday is a Valentine's Day, Cody? <gasps> does that mean your birthday is Arizona Statehood Day, Cody? Happy <laughs> Anna Howard. Arizona Statehood Day. A happy Anna Howard Shaw Day to us all, Cody. Whoa, that is really crazy. Yeah. Really special birthday you got there, Cody. Truly. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, we talked about the Abraham stuff with Molly's email, but just really quick, I so agree with you, Cody. I think labels can be very helpful mm-hmm. um, for like, you know, it can really help people 
feel like, like have a greater understanding of themselves and have a sense of community and all of that stuff. I think labels become very problematic when we need to put them on other people. When it is just kind of like, what are you? You have to tell me exactly what you are. Like, shoot, if I don't have myself figured out or if I like understand myself but don't really care to assign a name to it, like that's my right. And it bothers me that it's like you're required to label everything about yourself. Once again, if it is helpful and healthy for you to do that, you absolutely should. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it is not helpful and healthy for you to do that, it's annoying that everyone else is like, no, but actually you have to. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And sometimes I find that like even labels, like if you don't feel comfortable with a label even yet, you don't owe anyone a label, anyone, including mm-hmm. yourself. You know what I mean? Like I feel like so many times people are like very understandably and myself for a long time I really struggled like finding a label for my sexuality because I was like some days I feel more this some days I feel more this and it really took a long time for me to like settle on a name for it and even sometimes I'm like I don't know that that's the name and they Mm -hmm. got to the point where I was doing that for years for years like I knew in high school that I was like attracted to multiple genders but that really like didn't resonate with me at the time it took many years it took many years for me to like grapple with that feeling and like it also took me many years to grapple with a like um a label and it got to the point where I just said to myself I don't owe this to anyone including myself Mm -hmm. and you know what I'm just going to live and that was okay for me then and then you know I got more comfortable with a label and I've like settled on one for now but it's also like it could change tomorrow I don't know you know what I mean like no no one owes anyone anything and Abraham doesn't fucking owe Nikki Anders anything you know what I mean like Cody thank you for bringing that up (laughs) happy birthday happy birthday oh my god I really hope you have a good birthday I hope 26 rocks for you our present is a speed round of us casting Shrek the Musical okay. with the new direction. Okay, I have not okay. pre-cast First this. up, I haven't either. It's it's just whatever comes out. First up is Shrek. Who are you casting? Okay, okay. I think there's one answer here. There is. Yeah. Okay. Um. Honestly, my answer is a hot take. One, two, three. Frank and Puck. Teen. Oh. Puck. Puck has the whole like. He hates the world and he's grumpy and he's got that. That rough doesn't mean exterior. we should put him in our musical. He's a bad sport. I'm putting Puck because my Shrek. You can keep Fen. I'll, I want Fen. Um. Okay, Princess Fiona. Princess Fiona. <gasps> um, I think I have one, and it might I be don't. a hot take. Okay. Oh, I've got it. Okay, <laughs> one, two, three. Rachel. Tina. Ah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I I have Tina as my young Fiona who sings the first verse of I know <laughs> oh, it's today. Oh, she's so sweet. Um, I don't know who middle Fiona is. Middle I Fiona can be Britney. I, I feel like every musical I've ever cast ever, I always put Finn and Tina together. I don't know why. <laughs> you do. I don't. I you just, do. I, <laughs> I think... <laughs> Most of the time, she's my favorite person to cast in musicals because she's got the most like <laughs> musical theater voice. Yes, I think to me, that is why I frequently also cast Tina like you because I think she has like a very beautiful lyrical voice. Mm-hmm. You know who doesn't have a lyrical voice? 
Sutton Foster. Uh. I personally don't think that Fiona is written to be sung oh, lyrically. Yeah, no, I guess And so. this is not me saying that Sutton Foster doesn't have a beautiful voice, but she doesn't have like a legit operatic voice. Tell that to and the so, music man. Uh, have you listened to her sing My White Knight? She's not singing it legit. <laughs> she sounds go good. She's go not singing it legit. She's belting it. That's how I would do it. <laughs> so that's why I put Rachel yeah. because I think, and I also think that Rachel, Rachel really has awesome. that. Yeah, she's got that Fiona energy where she can like act the part of like she's demure she's and like, she's a yeah, person. very like mm-hmm. classically feminine. Mm-hmm. But then she also is like, you know, she's a mess of contradictions mm-hmm. in a dress. I think that Rachel has the personality and voice to pull that role off. Totally. She'd be great. I agree. And then I, Brittany, of course, reluctant. is middle Fiona. Huh? Brittany <laughs> would be middle. Brittany, of course is middle fiona actually i think i want britney as someone else so middle fiona is um sugar mata okay who's donkey here's the problem here's my there's no black man exactly i don't like it when people don't cast black men in that role so we're bringing matt rutherford back (laughs) can he act it can he sing it I don't know. It just gets so uncomfortable when I see like high schools doing that show and then casting like a young white boy, like fully doing a black scent. I'm like, oh gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah. Makes me sad. I mean, maybe Azimio can do it. Sorry, (gasps) Karofsky. Wait, Azimio would be great. Azimio Azimio Adams is donkey. Honestly, Azimio would probably do a good job. I know. If he had a good attitude. I know. That's the thing. Do you Um, want Puck and Azimio in there? Yeah. They're gonna, they're gonna. It's a high school production. There were always two douchebags who had <laughs> no, lewd that's roles. That's true. That's true. Okay. Oh, who's next? Who's Lord Farquaad? Oh, Lord Farquaad. Oh, I've got one. Um, I have. You know, I got one. Okay, one, two, three. Kurt. Mike Chang. Oh, Mike Chang would be <gasps> great. Ooh, Kurt is. Fun. Wouldn't he just be like, could you imagine him running around on his little knees just like doing jazz hands the whole time? He'd be so cute. Mm-hmm. Mike Chang would However, be good. I'm though. saving I'm saving Kurt for another one. Oh, Are you ready? You, yeah. Pinocchio. Oh, you said Kurt for this one. One, two, three, Kurt Hummel. <laughs> Who am I gonna cast? You mm. Kurt singing that Never take No, he it would down, be so good. Come on. Oh, he'd be so good. And who could I put in more for a far oh Jesse St. James is Lord, Lord Farquaad then. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Thank you. That's very good. Thank you. Okay. The dragon. Ready? One, two, three. Mercedes, Mercedes Jones. Jones. She's the only one. Obviously, we are doing forever. Yeah. We're not doing Donkey, Donkey Pot, Pot Pie. Pie. That song can go straight to hell. I, I hate that song. It's so funny because I would say... That on the original cast recording of Shrek, Donkey Pot Pie is the worst song. Mm-hmm. And then I would say in the revised script, Forever is, in my opinion, the best yeah. song in the entire show. So it's so funny that like what was the not even like it was a bad part of the show and then they made it better. It was like, no, it was the lowest yeah. point and then they made it the highest point. Real highs and lows in this Seriously. mini so. I wanted to I have been in Turkey Musical. I wanted to be the dragon so bad i still do wouldn't that be such a good part for me Mm -hmm. i love 
Love that part. I love that song. So good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Our final, there's like, you know, 10 billion yeah. characters in Shrek, but we're not going to be like, who's Peter Pan? So like our myself. final, like William Schuster. <laughs> so our final main featured character is Gingy slash the sugar the, plum fairy. Uh, fairy. Yeah. Sugar plum fairy. And this is why I redacted Brittany because I actually want oh, Brittany yeah, as she'd this be part. so good. <gasps> yeah. She'd be so cute. And like that cute little tutu and also doing a puppet. Oh, mm-hmm. I love her. Yeah. She'd be so cute. Yep. I agree. Is there anyone right, else that shoot. we should cast in there? Um, I'll no, there's just so many fairy tale sings. creatures, <laughs> yeah, but it's mostly. There's too many. Yeah. The, the three blind mice, the three oh, blind yes. mice could be the unholy trinity. Oh, I would like that. That show is so cute. I was in it for a long time, so I got very sick of it, but I think that show is very cute. I think it is pretty good. I think it could have been better. Mm. Here's my big thing with Shrek the Musical, how I think it could have improved. Is Shrek the Musical, and obviously this is just my opinion, everyone, it doesn't mean it's correct at all. Yeah, just because he has um, a BFA doesn't mean he knows what, I'm, what he's talking about. <laughs> But if I could change anything, it's that Shrek the Musical starts out and we meet all of these absolutely incredible fairy tale creatures that are so much fun. And then they say, okay, forget about them until the end of the show. We're just going to be with these two. And in the movie, it makes sense because like movies are so literal. But I wish they would have done. I think the smartest thing that Legally Blonde the Musical does is they say, oh, these sorority sisters are so fun. Why don't we have them in the whole show as a theatrical mm-hmm. device? And they do it in Shrek with the three blind mice. That the three blind mice just show up as backup dancers. But they just do it like the like, one why? time. Yeah, I'm like, have that be a recurring thing. Have the fairy tale creatures be a Greek chorus who keeps filling out the numbers and filling out the scenes because they're so fun and they only get about 10 minutes of stage time in the entire show. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, I love Shrek and Fiona and Donkey, but there are times during that show when I'm like, okay, when are we going to see, like, the fairy tale creatures again, though? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, so I yeah. wish they were just, like, more of a through line in I the agree. show. It's also, that show is so hard. Like, for everyone involved, I feel like the people playing, like, Shrek and Donkey are like on stage so consistently and they're like mm-hmm. in huge like makeup pieces and prosthetic pieces and then the ensemble has to like be like so many different things and it's just like yeah. the show is really crazy you know what i mean yeah yeah all right well thank you cody happy, happy birthday. birthday welcome to 26 it's been waiting for you up next we have a message from daniel hello ian and lpc my name is daniel he him I'm from Guadalajara, Mexico. International listener! And more importantly, I am a mini Gleek. And I'm here to talk about my biggest problem with the Glee Project. I'm not talking about the misogyny or the fact that they make these children go through their traumas on TV. The ultimate beef I have with this reality show is the big talk about the slushies. For real, I cannot express enough how annoying I find this. It happened last season during Tenacity Week, and I was going to send an email about this back then, but I forgot. And then it happened again this season on Fearlessness Week, and I've had enough of this bullcrap. (laughs) 
In both of these music videos, it is ridiculous how much slushy these kids get thrown on their faces. Not only does it happen in context never even seen on Glee, but the situations portrayed on these music videos truly defy the laws of reality itself. But the absolute thing I hate the most about how much of a big deal they make about the slushies is something you mentioned very briefly. The fact that, spoiler alert, but not really, none of the Glee Project winners ever get slushied on the show. In fact, Alex Newell is the only one that gets slushied, and it only happens once. And as a matter of fact, Rory Joe and the Glee Project Season 2 winner are three of the ten New Directions members that never get slushied. FYI, the other seven are Brittany, Matt, April, Jesse, Lauren, Sugar, and Kitty. Does that take into account the Season 6 kids? I don't know. Moving on. All of this thinking and research got me to a realization. There is a correlation between the amount of times of Slushy's throne and how funny the show is. Since I'm a big nerd and like Michael, I love math. I even made a graphic to prove my point. In season one, 11 Slushies were thrown. In season two, 13 Slushies were thrown. In season three, only four. In season four, only four. In season five, one Slushy was thrown. <sighs> A true low point. In season six, two slushies were thrown. Back to Danielle. You can clearly see how the later seasons, aka the least fun ones, <laughs> have very little slushy representation. And I think it is because the slushies were actually the backbone of the comedy of Glee. Anyways, this is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. Love you guys and love the podcast, Danielle. Um, Danielle, I agree with everything you said except... That season six is funny. <laughs> I know. I'm a big I'm a big season six apologist. <laughs> I got like I got some beef with season six, but the beef I all have is like plot stuff. Mm-hmm. I actually think comedy wise, <laughs> it is it is for sure stronger than four and five. Yeah. And I would dare say it's maybe funnier than three. I think the plot of three is stronger, but I think the comedy of six is stronger. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are episodes that I'm thinking of in season six that just make me sad that they exist, uh-huh. which we'll get to them when we get to them. Like I was like, I remember I, my roommate was watching season six, like, you know, last year sometime and I just walked in and I, and I was just like, I can't believe this is my show. What did my show turn into? So I don't think season six is all the way funnier than season three, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Also, here's a big problem. I like to conflate all of season six with the Hurt Locker part Bitch, one and, and two. you and me are in the are this in the same boat about that. I remain. That is the, the best episode of this show. I'll say it to anyone's face. Like what? I genuinely think. I I feel like pretty confident in saying that the Hurt Locker part one is the single funniest episode. Yes. Of it like you know. There are other episodes that I personally like more because they have more across the board. Like they have better stakes or they have better character beats. But like just amount of laughs per minute, Hurt Locker Part 1 is undefeated. I I crack up when I watch that episode. I'm looking forward to cracking up. I (laughs) truly, I'll say it to anyone's face, I think those two episodes are two of the, the strongest and dare I say the best episodes on this show and truly encapsulate to me what Glee means to me 
safe sex. I want it now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and we'll get to it when yeah. we get to it. Oh my God. You know what? I just had the worst nightmare about just a second ago in my head, like a premonition. We what? rewatch them. We realize we, they're not as good as we say they are. Well, here's the deal. <laughs> I'm going to say it right now. Hurt Locker part two is very fun. But when you think about how much you love it, you're probably thinking of part one. Cause no, cause I I'm was watching of, it. I'm thinking of the montage with Sue. Okay, that montage is very good. I just, when I watched them, I watched them like back in October. Mm -hmm. um, And when I watched them, part one, I was like, yeah, this is just as funny as I remember. And then part two, I was like, oh, honestly, most of the stuff I remember already happened in part one. This one's still enjoyable, but like, okay. I I always think of the montage with Sue when, you know, they're doing their... Yeah, oh no, I know. Yeah. I know. The the father figure montage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no one knows what that means. It's not a spoiler. No, I know. I'm All just right. thinking about it. I'm just thinking about it, getting emotional. I just love well, this show. I can't wait to get to it. But that means the show would be almost over by the time we do that. Okay. I, Daniel, you are my type of person. I'm not this kind of person. I always just admire these people. The people that make me a graph. I love a graph. Mm-hmm. This graph is very exciting to me, very interesting. And also the fact that they sourced it as the holy texts, i.e. Glay Wiki. <laughs> oh, you are that. my best friend. <laughs> From now on, you can tell anyone. I literally, I am obsessed with this. Slushies per season. Like literally what? I love that this exists. This needs to be out there like i can't like the study like you need to like receive money from ryan murphy for this thank you for also, making it. it makes me so happy you talking about how the slushing on the glee project defies the laws of reality <laughs> because yeah. can you imagine episodes of glee where these things happen yeah. where a student opens their locker and a slushy <laughs> hose hits them when would that be yeah. happening? Also, like, who, which, what student took a drill to their locker and was like, this Seriously, is like, this did a the whole maintenance overhaul. Yeah, and, like, the pressure that you had to have with the slushy, like, uh-huh. what degree do you have to make that? Come on. Your props it master dad wild. make it for you? I don't think so. Oh, man. Swim team sucks. <laughs> Swim team well, sucks. So no <laughs> word no. of Rick the Stick Nielsen. I'll never forgive. <laughs> Danielle, thank you so much for pointing this out. The Glee Project really, really, really (laughs) is proud of itself for the fact that people are slushing sometimes on Glee. They're really going to take that all the way to the bank. And you know what? I love that for them. Up next, we have a message from Kaylee Kale Chip. Lena Taylor Swift LPC can answer, and Ian Ignacio Totorojo all read. Holy fuck. I just saw your, I just saw the TikTok of you guys doing the iconic Rachel Berry New York scene and literally started bawling my eyes out. I feel like I've known you guys for forever now, and it's actually been over a year, I think. WTF bonkers bananas. I'm a little bit behind on the podcast right now due to the start of a new semester, so I haven't really been able to write in in a while. But seeing your TikTok literally made me think about how much you guys have grown and changed as people while I've been listening to your podcast. I am so proud of you guys, and maybe that's weird, but I feel so connected to you two, and I love you so much. God, I'm crying again, literally thinking about how much I love you guys. I can't wait to keep hearing about your adventures together in New York. Oh my goodness, I love you, Goober, so freaking much. Thank you for being a sunshine on rainy days. You are such wonderful people with beautiful auras. 
I love you so much. And again, I'm so proud of you. Kaylee Kilchip, she, her. Kaylee Kilchip, we love you too. Kaylee Kilchip, you are so loved by us. I feel that you're connected to us too because you vocalized the fact that you're very behind on the podcast, but then you also talked about our auras as yeah. if you had listened to many said 58. And like, how did you we were know talking that? About auras. So you're connected to us, Kaylee. <laughs> and someday when you get to this episode, you'll know. And you'll wow. be like, whoa, that was so wow. crazy. Honestly, Kaylee, listen to us when you can. I fucking, I, I've. <laughs> Kaylee, I love you so much. That is literally so crazy. And I re- I saw your comments on the TikTok and I got very emotional too. And I feel that way about you, Kaylee. And I feel that way about so many people that I like, I know that they've like been there along the way. And I know you've mm-hmm. been here like the whole time, Kaylee. And it just makes me so happy. And it makes me feel like I've grown too. And I just, it makes me like, seriously, Kaylee, you make me so emotional. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of those like first three month listeners Mm -hmm. that like I remember because you know we only had like 20 followers yeah I feel like Kaylee was like one of our first like Twitter followers who would like talk to us so well Kaylee commented on the first TikTok we ever yes oh my god and she was like oh my gosh I'm gonna check this out and she did look Um, at us here like more than a year later but there are so many of you that I like never say anything because it's weird, but I'll see your your profile picture come up and I'll be like, you've been here a long time. Yeah, no, totally. I remember you. No, I remember you. No, totally. It didn't like, and truly, I look at where I am right now, not even with the podcast, but also with the podcast. Like I'm just, and where I was when the podcast started, like I was still in school, like you know, I was living in my college town. I started living with my parents and then I lived in my college town again. And then I started living with my parents again. And now I'm here. And it's just like, I hate to be that bitch, but it really do be getting better. You know what I mean? And I, Mm -hmm. I, I feel that growth for myself. I don't just, so thank you. You know what I mean? And thank you for this message because it points out the growth that I've had. And also, I love you so much. Oh, my gosh. Bonkers Bananas crazy. Ugh. Yeah. We love all you guys. For Thanks real. for tuning in. We love those of you who were here day one. Mm-hmm. We love those of you who found our podcast this week. And you know what? I love those of you who found our podcast in the future and you found this as a relic. I love I love you too. We also get a we get a lot of messages that are people who are like, "Hey, I just found your podcast. I've been listening to it nonstop, trying to I catch love up." Those and those people. also mean so the much world to, me. to me. I know. Just anyone tuning in and chilling with For us, real. You're great. It makes me so happy. Like, because this podcast makes it just makes me so happy to do. Because truly, I'm talking about one of my favorite things that has ever existed with one of my favorite people that has ever existed and I'm just like out here living being so happy and that I get to share that with people who feel similarly to me um, means more to me than I think I could ever ever put into words so thank you all for being here mini sub 59 59 more oh yo Oh my gosh. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh. You guys are our Valentine's. Happy Arizona Statehood Day. (laughs) Um, Be our Valentine's is legally binding. Mm -hmm. You have to send us chocolate in the mail. On Wednesday, we got another episode, our penultimate episode on the Glee Project. We're talking about tenacity and romanticality. 
Uh, if you have any thoughts, send them to us, recoveringgleek at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Follow us on social medias if you like. You can follow us at recoveringgleek underscore podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And then at recoveringgleek on Twitter. Love all of you. For real. See you again real soon. Happy Arizona Statehood Day. Mm-hmm. Ye- You're all our Valentine. Seriously, love you guys for real. Love you so much. Oh my gosh, so sappy. A sappy mini so. If you have another Valentine, you have to break you it off with them. You seriously have to break it off with them. It's an exclusive thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you guys, this is an exclusive thing. If they don't understand, you deserve something better, yeah. frankly. Yeah. Tell them that your uh, your podcast uh, hosts are your Valentine. You they, uh, you have to break it off with them. You have to so- show us the text. Yeah. You have to show us your breakup text. I I expect that. Just kidding. Um, here's a mini kiss on your mini Valentine's forehead if you accept it. Bye. Catch you later. Thank you for listening to Recovering Gleek. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at recoveringgleek underscore podcast. If you liked our podcast, be sure to leave a review. And tell your friends, please. <laughs>